Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Okay, so I don't actually know. But I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot. And for good reason. HubSpot's all-on-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you could save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com startups. Howdy, folks. It is Monday, November 28th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litterst, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. It's been a minute, but we're back, and today we're going to be breaking down what happened over the lovely Thanksgiving long weekend. Black Friday, what did it look like? Also, some movies came out. The World Cup's going on. What were the numbers there? We're going to get into all this, but before we do, here's what else is going on in the world of business and tech. Let's get crack lacking. All right, first things first. The FCC on Friday announced new rules banning U.S. sales and imports of new Huawei and ZTE telecommunications devices out of national security concerns. FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr said their unanimous decision represents the first time in FCC history that they voted to prohibit the authorization of new equipment based on national security concerns. Now, Huawei's chief security officer, Andy Purdy has argued that a ban would actually hurt American jobs because it spends over $11 billion a year on American suppliers. But uh, all this makes me think, you know, this is obviously hardware mostly that they're talking about, but all this reminds me of TikTok and the talk over a ban there. In other news, Frontier Airlines cut its customer service phone line requiring passengers to instead use its website, live chat, WhatsApp, or social media to get in touch with the airline. The company said the change will enable them to ensure their customers get the information they need as expeditiously and efficiently as possible. And that the airline has has also found that most customers prefer communicating through online channels anyway. I, you know, I think this is probably a move that like every airline has wanted to do, but has felt like the optics would be too bad and they would just get ripped for it. Frontier, I think, is kind of protected because it's not one of the big five airlines. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a smaller airline. Interesting move. I'm, I'm curious to see how this shakes out because I feel like there are different types of things that you reach out to airlines about. And they a lot of the time they have different levels of urgency. And I just wonder how efficiently they can actually respond to like, really urgent requests about like changing a ticket or whatever it might be. Right. All right. And on the Twitter front, Elon Musk shared slides on Twitter, obviously, from an internal meeting that he had that revealed new Twitter signups and user activity are at all time highs. Graphs he shared showed signups reached a seven day average of two million a day, representing a increase of 66% from the same week a year ago. He also shared a graph showing that user active minutes, basically the time users are spending on the app, reached a seven-day average of $8 billion per day, which is a 30% increase from a year ago. He also said Friday that if Apple and Google were to ever kick Twitter off their app stores, he'd just make a new 
phone. Which He's was like me. the one guy who I would actually take that seriously. Probably. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> he totally will make a new phone. Yeah, and you know, many have speculated that Musk could really get in a spat with these companies, either over moderation concerns or over their high commission fees of 15 to 30 percent for any payments made through apps. Uh, you know, Musk hopes to make payments a key feature of Twitter 2.0, as he calls it. So we'll see what happens there. All right, JC. So I'm not a huge Black Friday guy, but there's one thing on my Black Friday list this year. And boringly enough, it was literally a patio table. Mm, delightful. It's so delightful, right? We we had one in mind from Home Depot. Come to Friday and it's not on sale. So we, <laughs> we were disappointed in our Black Friday pursuit. Did you have any Black Friday wish list? You know, I've never been a Black Friday shopper myself, but I really should because I always make a purchase earlier in the year and I just see it for 30% off on Black <laughs> yeah. Friday. I'm like, that's annoying. Yeah, it is funny. Like there, there's a take that Black Friday is like the most, I don't think you could call Black Friday a holiday, right? It's like the the, the ultimate kind of capitalist yes. event day, whatever you want to call it. But I think there's an argument that Black Friday is the most transparent and honest capitalist holiday in that I feel like every other <laughs> holiday has been like horribly monetized. But Black Friday is very upfront about that monetization. It's like that is right, exactly like a Veterans Day sale. Why are we going to Old Navy for the veterans? Yeah, exactly. But it sounds like it was a pretty ripping Black Friday from the data so far. What are you seeing from from these reports? Because I know you were scouring some of the data. Yeah, so your the data was interesting, and so obviously in person, not like it used to be. Even though it increased almost three percent from last year, you know, I saw lots of videos of people just highlighting how mellow you know these big stores were when just ten years ago you'd see a teenager barrel over a grandma to get a copy <laughs> of Call of Duty. So, <laughs> does not happen really anymore. I feel like. The retail workers probably think that's for the better. Absolutely. But uh, e-commerce, on the other hand, was very big. Customers spent more than $9.1 billion online, uh, which was a, a record. Sheesh. Some other fun stats, electronic sales, toys and fitness equipment sales were up more than 200% in each category compared to an average day in October. 48% uh, of online sales were done on people's phones, which was up 44% from 2021. Wow. Uh, and Adobe expects there to be $11.2 billion in sales today on Cyber Monday, which would be a 5.1% year-over-year increase. So we'll see how that goes down. Meanwhile, Shopify had its best Black Friday ever. Global sales, more than $3.3 billion across people's <sighs> Shopify stores, up 17% year-over-year. Now, what's behind these upticks? Obviously, consumer habits in terms of online, people going, just spending more time online, uh, shifting their shopping behaviors in favor of online shopping. But also inflation is a potential culprit. Uh, you know, in some ways, shoppers may have spent more on less just because of price increases, potentially shrinkflation, as we've discussed. Right. But fun fact, get this. Black Friday is the busiest day of the year for plumbers. <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> that is because clogged sinks and garbage disposals have some trouble apparently after Thanksgiving. Ah, <laughs> the turkey grease yes. and all that good stuff, the gravy going down the sink. Okay. Exactly. Makes sense. 
So the other big thing that people do after Thanksgiving when they're kind of in a food coma other than shop is watch stuff. And there was a lot of stuff on this weekend and a lot of people watching it, apparently. You put together kind of a roundup of some of those things, JC. So what were people watching on Thanksgiving and through the weekend? Yes. So first things first, we saw Nielsen report that the Thanksgiving afternoon game between the Dallas Cowboys and my New York Giants Mm. notched 42 million viewers, making it the most watched regular season game on record. Interesting thing here, Amazon got the rights to the first ever Black Friday football game starting next year. So I think it'll be really neat to see what that viewership looks like in terms of just the streaming and having a football game on Black Friday. Mm -hmm. So we also had the World Cup going on. Uh, USA tied with England in their game on Friday, which was very exciting. Let's be honest, it was basically a win for the U.S., a tie with England. Yeah, they looked great. There was a lot of good internet shtick that went down about this leading up to the game. It was the second Revolutionary War, and that the <laughs> loser would have to keep James Corden permanently. <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite part. Right? Yeah, that was great. Uh, notably, viewership of the game peaked with 196 million viewers. More notably than that, that is well above peak viewership of Game 6 in this year's NBA Finals on ABC, Wow, which brought in just under 17 million viewers. So I think props to the soccer community uh, for that. And I think we're going to see a lot to come of soccer and streaming in the U.S. Oh, definitely. That's crazy. It really is. Now, on the streaming front, Disney's latest animated feature, Strange World, pulled in $11.9 million over the weekend, the company's worst box office debut since The Emperor's New Groove in 2000, which I love The Emperor's New Groove, but uh, I guess it didn't do so well in the box office. Obviously, (laughs) we have Bob Iger now coming back in to lead this company. We could see some changes, uh, some interesting shifts in the strategy uh, across Hulu, Disney+, Plus, ESPN. We'll see what happens there. But also, Netflix's Knives Out sequel had a special week-long theatrical release in just 600 theaters and reportedly earned as much as $15 million in that time, which might not sound like a ton, but it's really great. If there's one movie that I did want to see that came out, it's this Knives Out sequel. So that doesn't surprise me at all. And, you know, I I am a Disney guy. I like Disney's products, but I'll tell you what, I I looked at the Strange World kind of write-up and trailer, and it just, (laughs) this doesn't really surprise me. It seemed like it was just kind of out of nowhere. And Yeah, I, I also wanted to watch Knives Out. I actually had my whole family sit down, ready to, Press play. Of course, I went on to learn that it only comes out on streaming on Netflix uh, a month from now. So no. <laughs> that was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bada bing, bada boom. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Troopion. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, you can go sign up at thehustle.co slash email. Hope you have a marvelous Monday and we'll catch you tomorrow.